Well, as we get ready for the Word of God today, come on, you guys can talk after service. Come on, you guys are too, you guys like each other too much, all right? This is, <laughs> we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, just three verses this morning. As I was reading this this week, I thought about our church, and I thought about you guys. And I thought about how many of us, in fact, maybe all of us, need this word this morning. In Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. The Word of God says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject. I'm still burning. Come on, say it with me. I'm still burning. And I want to teach you this morning on overcoming the seasons in your life of burnout. How many of you feel burned out this morning? You're just burned out from life. You're burned out. I'm going to explain exactly what burning out means, how to avoid it. And if you feel burned out today, how to really overcome it and get a passion back for life. Let's pray. Father, bless this word in Jesus' name. As we go into your word, I pray that you would help us to learn this, live this, and be changed through it. Use me now to preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into this subject. And I'm still burning. Overcoming the seasons of burnout. As we opened up this book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews is writing to a church. And the writer of Hebrews is writing to Christians that need some encouragement. They're going through a lot in life. See, ever since they gave their lives to Jesus, everything got harder for them. And they've been thrown in prison. Their homes have been burned down. Their children have been taken. Many have been murdered. So if you were a Christian in that time in Rome, it was obvious that you were struggling to serve the Lord. And the writer of Hebrews writes this letter to them because he knows that in the struggle, they're facing a lot of opposition and setback. And it first looks like, when I read it, that the writer of Hebrews is trying to encourage them and he uses this powerful analogy, he uses this powerful language, and he tells the church, you need to run this race with great endurance. And when I read that, I said, oh, okay, I get that. Running this race with great endurance, you got to finish the race strong. You got to keep going. Don't give up. Keep running. Focus. Run this race because you're going to make it to the finish line and you're going to win. And I was encouraged until I realized that is not what the writer of Hebrews is telling these Christians that are struggling. Even though it looks at first like he's encouraging them, and he is, he's also warning them. 
Because, see, the writer of Hebrews said, run this race with endurance. Now, that word endurance in the Greek that he used is the word hupomone. And that Greek word hupomone literally means to be patient. Now, stay with me here, because when I read that, I said, Lord, now this is making no sense to me. Because when you're running a race, how many of you believe that the last thing on your mind when you're running a race is, hey, let me just be patient? It's not. If you've ever watched NASCAR, I'm sure none of those drivers are saying, okay, as soon as that light turns green, I'm going to make sure I'm really patient. No one running track says, I'm going to be the most patient of everyone on this track. In fact, when we're running a race, patience is the last thing on our minds. When we're running a race, we're thinking about being the best. We're thinking about getting there fast. We're thinking about being better than the other person we're up against. But see, when the writer of Hebrews says, run this race with patience, I realized that the type of race he's talking about was another form of racing during that time in Rome. And it was called a torch race. And a torch race was different than an actual running race because in a torch race, each person was given a torch that was lit on fire. And the object of this race was to make sure you make the finish line with your fire still burning. So you had to make sure that you weren't running so fast because the fire would burn out. You had to make sure you weren't running so fast that you would trip and the fire would burn out. And that's why the writer of Hebrews is saying, when you're running this particular race in life, you have to be patient. Because the most important factor of a torch race is keeping the fire burning. And in this particular race, if your fire burned out, you were instantly disqualified. And if you were instantly disqualified, they killed you. Right there on the spot. So church, bear with me here. If you're running this torch race, how focused are you on that fire? Very. Why? Because you know it's literally a life and death situation. You know that if this fire burns out, it's over. If this fire burns out, I'm dead. If this fire burns out, I'm not going to make it. So you're not really thinking about the other person next to you. You're not distracted by anything else. You're running this way with patience. You're keeping your eye on the fire. You're looking at the fire. And if the fire begins to dwindle because you're going too fast, you slow down to make sure the, the fire gets strength again because your focus is getting to the finish line of this race with your fire still burning. And I believe that today, when this writer of Hebrews talks about life, we are in a rat race. Amen? 
But God doesn't want us in a rat race. He wants us in a torch race. See, the rat race is all about being busy, going fast, getting to the cheese, being the first one, being better than this person. It's competitive. It's stressful. And many people in this life choose life to be a rat race. I want to make sure that when I'm finished with life, I have done the best. I am the best. I have the best house. I have the best car. I had the best retirement because I had the best job because I got it through the best education. I want to be better than the best. I want to be the best of the best. I want to make sure at the end of my life, everything and everyone knows my legacy was all about being better than you. That is the rat race in America. Going fast. Running. To be the first. To be the best. And I believe that in the end of life, none of that's going to matter. And I believe that in the end of life, there are many people whose fire for God will burn out. People who started off strong in the Lord will burn out. I believe many people in the end of their lifetime, when the race is over, not only will they have been burned out with God, I'm going to see a lot of marriages burned out, a lot of families burned out, a lot of people have burned out. And hey, they got the best. They're number one. They're first. I'm better than you. But I'm burned out. How many of you believe today there's a lot of people that are burned out? Most people feel it. Most people hide it. You can't tell people you're burned out because it means you're weak. You can't tell people I'm burning out spiritually because it means that you lack faith. You're not a good Christian. You can't tell people or get help for your marriage that's burning out because God forbid the kids find out. So let's just pretend that we're happy. Let's post pictures on social media. Let's pretend that we're all fired up for life. Many people hide it. Some people ignore it. They think that it's just a season. It's just, just going to go by. I'm going to get my joy again. I'm going to get my strength again. I, I'm going to come back to life. And they just ignore it. I got to keep going. Got to keep going. And most people in life, they start off strong like a race. But midway, or nearing the end, they just burn out. When I read that, I said, Lord, I, I understand now. What's most important to God is when you are reaching the end of your race that's marked for you, the Bible says. You're able to look back at all the miles you ran in life and say, I'm still on fire for God. I'm still burning for the Lord. And my fire 
has not only consumed me, but my fire has made an impact on my family, my children, my marriage, and the call of God in my life. When I was reading this scripture, I said, God, I hope and I pray that at the end of my race, I might not say I have the biggest house, the best car, the most money. I can't say, oh, I've traveled the world, I've done this. But the only thing I want to say is I'm still burning. I'm still burning. In a world that's trying to shut your fire off for God. In fact, do me a favor, an honest to God favor. If I were to go before you, put it on my tombstone. Still burning, not in hell. <laughs> Let's not write that on my tombstone. I think that's a, that's a bad idea. Oh, who's this? Guy? Oh, still burning. Oh my gosh, they really hated him. No, that's not right. That. <laughs> Never mind that. It sounded nice and spiritual. I realized. Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry. But then I also thought about you guys. I thought about our church. I, I want to highlight our church. I want to make sure that at the end of the race, they look at our church and say, man, that church is still burning. That church is still open. That church is still, still fighting. And we say, yep, still burning. Still burning. That's right, still burning. And I want to be able to look at you guys. A lot of you have some miles on you. You're like, man, I've been running this life. I've been running this race. I'm tired. I'm busy. I'm stressed. I have so much going on. But pastor, I'm still burning. I'm still on fire. And I thought about this just yesterday because my father loves fire. Like every man. We love explosions. Man, can I get an amen? We, we do. We, we love to see things burn. I don't know what it is about fire that men just like, oh, look at that fire. Oh, that's nice, you know? Especially like that, that, that excitement of knowing that you're about to light it and that first explosion that your eyebrows might come off. That's exciting. And my dad yesterday, I told him, we're doing yard work in, in our ranch and and I tell my dad, hey, I need you to do me a favor. Um, you see that pile of wood that I piled on? Can you just burn it for me? He says, yeah, I'll burn it. What am I thinking? Little lighter fluid? Little match? I'm not making this up. My brothers are, will testify. My dad has a flamethrower. He does. Jericho, right? He has a flamethrower. Hooked to a propane tank. And I see him with the propane tank and a flamethrower walking to the wood. I'm like, just, just a match. Just a little. But my dad, I knew you're. And it looks like Burning Man in the desert. He's like, you know? And then he just starts lighting it up and, and it would explosion. And I wanted to be like, oh my gosh. But then I was like, ooh, yeah. That's, that's cool. When I saw that fire, it just, it just erupted. And I went off and I did some more yard work 
And when I went back, that fire was almost gone. It was weaker. And then when I, when I went back later that night, the fire was completely gone. And it was cold. I actually was able to bring one of the pieces of wood. This was actually on fire just yesterday. Uh, just yesterday, there was a point in time I couldn't even touch it. I couldn't get near it because this thing was so fired up. But just some time later, it grew cold. The fire went out. And it was one strong. See, what I'm holding here is evidence of what used to burn. Evidence of what used to be hot and on fire. And what I'm holding here is just evidence of a fire, but now it's just cold and burned out. And when I saw this, instantly I prayed. And I said, Lord, please do not let that be our church. Lord, please do not let that be the people you've called me to pastor. And I said, God, please don't let that be me. Don't let that be Jericho. Don't let that be my marriage. Don't let that be my future family. Don't let that be my relationship with you. Do not let my fire or the fire of my life and marriage and family and church ever grow cold and burn out. Because I don't want the evidence of what used to burn. But sadly, we're running this race in life that everyone's just trying to get ahead, trying to be the best, trying to be better. But in the process, we're just burning out. And if you're not paying close attention, you have to focus on the areas of your life you know are growing cold and burning out. Because if you're not careful, you're running this race so fast, you're so busy, you're so distracted that you're able to look back in your life and only see the evidence of what used to be on fire. And I don't want any of us to burn out. You see, when I like this matchup, I just see it just strike and, and burn. And it's good for now. But once it burns out, it's useless. It's ineffective. It has no purpose. It has no power. Church, do you want to live a purposeless, powerless life? Then run a rat race if that's what you want. But if you say, no, I want to run the torch race. I want to make sure I'm patiently walking in obedience with God so that at the end of my life, I'm still burning. But sadly, so many people are burning out. And we're cold. And I come across people that are spiritually cold. And they're in church and the worship is being sung and the fellowship is happening, the words being taught. 
but you don't feel anything. You know why I can hold this now and it doesn't burn? Because it is burned out. Therefore, it is cold. It no longer has an effect. You know you're burning out spiritually when the things of God have no effect on you. When you can read the Word of God, but it's just letters. And you can hear the worship of singing, and it's just the music. And you go through fellowship, but it's just people. And it's just a Sunday morning. And it's just a service. And it's just Pastor David. And it's just a little prayer. And you don't feel it anymore. If this church and life and God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit has no effect on you, you've burned out. You can burn out spiritually. I got to be careful as a pastor because I can stand up here and preach for days and do it while I'm burned out. And you can come to church and withhold the Bible and sing the songs and say hello and God bless you and walk this church outside burnt. You can be burned out emotionally. Where you're going to work, you're raising your children, you're maintaining a home, but emotionally you're cold. You've lost joy. You've lost motivation. You've lost enthusiasm for life. You wake up every day the same way. With this routine and mindset that is just life. And you walk around discouraged. You walk around negative, critical, judgmental, and you burn out emotionally. You want to be happy, but you can't because it's like saying, I want this match to burn again, but it can't because it's burned out. You don't only burn out spiritually or emotionally, you burn out physically. How many of you have a hard time saying no? Taking on too much. Trying to please everyone. Newsflash, you won't. Amen? You won't. I learned as a pastor, if I make one of you happy, another one's mad at me. You know what I've learned? The art of not caring. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, I don't care. Listen, you burn out physically because you just can't say no. And everything revolves around you. It doesn't happen without me. Everyone needs me. Another newsflash. You're not that important. <laughs> no, but they need me. No, they don't. The minute you're gone, you'll find someone else to harass and bother and whatnot. But many people are burning out physically. Not resting. Many people burn out relationally. How many marriages end in divorce now? And the reason is skyrocketing. Divorce is the highest right now, even in the church. It's because the rat race has interfered with the torturers. 
and we've lost patience for one another. And I got to be better than her. No, I'm better than him. No, we got to be the... Listen, and divorce goes up. And you have all these couples with nice homes, nice cars, nice everything, but they're burned out on the verge of divorce. In fact, not only is divorce the highest it's ever been, but marriage is the the least it has been. More and more people are not getting married. You know why? Yes. They say it only ends in divorce. Couples are burning out. You burn out relations, even friendships. Like that fire, friendships that started off strong and passionately, and you guys, you call each other, go out, text each other, be there for one another, but you get so caught up in the rat race that you leave the torch race. You get busy, distracted. You got so much going on, you don't make time for each other anymore, and the fire begins to dwindle. Your relationship grows cold, and you kind of just drift apart. It's so easy to get caught up in burnout. But the question is, why do we burn out? Look at verse 3 of Hebrews, what the writer says. In the book of Hebrews, it says, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners, talking about Jesus, against himself. At least you become weary and discouraged. See, the writer of Hebrews says it best. The reason you get so burned out is that you get weary and discouraged. This is a pattern. Pay attention. He says, listen, the reason you burn out first, you have to get weary. That word weary literally means sick and tired in the Greek. You ever use that type of language to describe your life? No, let me help you rekindle your memory. I'm sick and tired of this person. Can I get an amen? I'm sick and tired of this person. I'm sick and tired of their attitude. I'm sick and tired of work. I'm sick and tired of my job. I'm sick and tired of this traffic to get to my job. I'm sick and tired of the traffic to get to my job to be unappreciated. I'm just sick and tired of life. I'm sick and tired of after working, after my job, going home and coming back to the same mess. I'm sick and tired of the mess. I'm sick and tired of the laundry. I'm sick and tired of the kids telling me last minute that they have homework due tomorrow. I'm sick and tired of the mess, the kids, the stress and having to please my spouse. I'm sick and tired of everyone always going to me. They need me. I'm busy. I'm stressed. I'm sick and tired of everyone depending on me. I'm just sick and tired of life. I'm sick and tired of not being happy. I'm sick and tired of not having time for myself. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And when you're sick and tired, you grow into discouragement. Discouragement is a mindset. You get discouraged. And the writer of Hebrews says it's a mental discouragement. And the word that he uses for discouragement literally is to loosen the rope. To set it free. To let it go. And it's not spiritual in the sense, let it go to God. No, he's saying you get so sick and tired that you reach a point that you let go and give up. You check out. 
You ever notice people that are so burned out that they just check out of life and no longer care about anyone or consequences? They just check out because they're burned out. You get sick and tired. And as you get sick and tired, you get mentally discouraged. And as you get mentally discouraged, you loosen the rope. And I've seen this so many times in people. I've seen it in my friends that are pastors. They loosen their rope and leave ministry. They said, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. I said, I just don't care anymore. I, I just want to be selfish for a while. I just want to, here's the number one request from pastors. I just want to sit down and enjoy a service. Who's my pastor, church? God. What church do I go to to get fed? Pastors get burned out. And I talk to pastors all the time. And pastor wives, and they say, we're, we're just we're just done. Don't worry, me and Jerry aren't done. I'm not giving you hints or nothing. I'm still burning. But you better let me rest. When I say, hey, I need a, I'm going on vacation, let me go. Don't say, pastor, but I need you. No, you don't. <laughs> But the honest truth is that people just let go. You know this happens with parents? You get so sick and tired of the garbage in your kids that you loosen their rope and say, I bet they do whatever, go ahead. Yeah. Parents, can I get a witness? You just get tired. Go ahead. Learn your lesson. And they loosen their rope. The same rope you want to hang them with, you just loosen. You just say... Go ahead. It happens in marriage. You get so sick and tired, you loosen their rope and say, we're done. I, I talked to someone recently that just said, I burned out from church. I haven't gone in years. I, and he said, I, I was passionate. I was saved. I, I, I remember serving God and loving God. And I asked him, what happened? And he, he just said it like this. He just, I just got tired. I just got tired of of the church. I got tired of the of the way church was. I got tired of the people. And he just loosened the rope. And the reason I'm teaching this lesson this morning. Because I don't want you loosening the rope. I want you to remain tight. So that at the end of your life you're able to look back and say, Still burning. At, at the end, wouldn't it be nice at the end of our lives, there's this little section in heaven called Forward Fellowship section. And we all get there beat up and bruised, limping, tired. Maria's all worn out trying to clean heaven. You know, and then just, we're all just limping there, tired and shit. But you know what? We're like, still burning. Pastor, thank you for, for keeping us still burning. Thank you. We're still burning. I want that for the end of all of our lives. I want that for your family. I want that for your marriage. God wants it for your family. God wants it for your marriage. To be able to look back when you're old and gray and everything's hanging and gravity takes on. You look at each other and she may not look like the same girl you married, but boy, the fire's still going. You're like, yeah, we're still burning. 
We're, we're still together. What a prayer to pray. Keep my fire burning. Because this world is trying to distinguish you. That is the advice that Paul gives Timothy, a young preacher that's excited to start ministry. And I remember that time in my life that I was young and excited to start the church and excited to preach the gospel and excited to reach the hurting and the broken and the lost. And I had this excitement going. And notice this in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Paul tells him this. He doesn't tell him, make sure you pray, make sure you get educated, make sure you know the Bible, make sure and listen. He tells him this, do not, what? Put out the Spirit's fire. He doesn't just emphasize this as an encouragement. He emphasizes this as a warning. He says, Timothy, you're young, you're passionate, you're exciting, but that can all dwindle away. That can all be put out. That can easily go away. And of all the things, of all the advice Paul could give him, he tells him this, whatever you do as you start the will of God and start the church and preach the gospel and reach the lost, whatever happens, you make sure your fire never stops burning because the second that fire is gone, Timothy, you become ineffective, tired, sick and tired and useless for the kingdom of God. He tells him, don't put out the Spirit's fire. But here's what, the, what Paul really emphasizes here. That the reason that our fires burn out for God, for family, for marriage, for love, for life, for giving, for anything, the reason that your fire burns out, ready? You put it out. He didn't tell Timothy, hey, Timmy, Make sure those people don't burn out your fire. Make sure that job doesn't burn out your fire. Make sure that stress doesn't burn out your fire. He says, do not put out the fire. He puts the responsibility on Timothy because if your fire in life and for God and the things of God and your home, your family, your, your life-giving life that God has given you, if your fire has burned out for your spouse, your marriage, for living, you did that. You know what I get sick and tired of? Cold people who are burned out, blaming it on everything else but themselves. I'm, I'm cold for the Lord because I've just been burned out by the church. I'm burned out. I got hurt. No, our marriage is cold because, you know, it's her. If she would know once in a while, or if he would do this more, Pastor, then maybe we'll have more love. Maybe we'll have more passion. Maybe we'll have more strength in this marriage. We always blame everyone for the lack of fire in our lives. But if your fire has burned out, you put it out. Burnout is a choice. And I know this because he tells Timmy, don't put out the Spirit's fire. 
And the writer of Hebrews says, at the end of the race, make sure your fire's still burning. So it tells me that if my fire has burned out, I can't blame you guys. I can't blame stress. I can't blame Jericho. I could only blame myself. You might be here today and you're saying, Pastor, I've burned out. I'm sick and tired. I have no joy. I'm always stressed. I just, I don't feel the same way anymore. I have no motivation. I'm just going through life, going through the motion. And I think that at the end of my race, I'll be cold. In darkness. No longer on fire for God. Can I help you this morning? Let me give you three quick practical ways. If this is you today. Number one. Draw near to God. And you might be like, well, Pastor, what if my problem is not God? What if the burnout is in my home, my marriage, my children, my emotions? Draw near to God. Before you rekindle any fire in your life, you rekindle the most important one, and that's your fire for God. You draw near to God. You want to see your life change? You want to see God transform your life? Transform your, your family. Draw near to God. I thought about Moses in Exodus 3, 1 through 4. Moses was a man that burned out. He was a leader of, of Egypt. He had a lot going on. He was almost next to be Pharaoh. But he made a mistake. Ran as a fugitive. Forty years later, he's herding sheep in the middle of a desert with a wife and two kids. Nothing against that. But if you're coming from a position of great leadership and influence down to just a sheep herder coming home to a wife and two kids, you might as well feel like your best days are behind you. You ever felt like that? Moses must have felt it's over. I've made too many mistakes. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. And this is it. But God wasn't done with you. And I want to tell anyone here today, if you feel like your best days are behind you, you don't know God. And God has more in store for you. But this one important factor, the Bible says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a what? In a flame, in a fire, in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. 
Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush doesn't burn. So when the Lord saw that, he turned aside to look. God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And all he said, notice the, the one thing Moses said, here I am. You don't owe God an explanation for why he didn't say, well, God, I'm, I'm in the desert because you see what happened was. I murdered someone, you know, and this thing, things went escalate. No. All he did was draw near to God and said, here I am. But notice that the entire shift of Moses' life, his calling, his destiny, his leadership, started with a fire. Not a church building, not a revival service. It started with a one-on-one -on -one alone time with God. He drew near to God. And what I love about this is that as he drew near to God, all he said was, here I am. Take me as I am. I'm a murderer. I'm a sinner. I'm a fugitive. I'm a liar. But Lord, I'm here. Maybe it's time for someone here tonight that's burned out to draw near to God and say, Lord, here I am. I'm sick and tired. I'm addicted. I'm a liar. Lord, I'm selfish. I've done a lot of things I regret. Here I am. And he drew near to God. James 4, 8 says this, that as you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. We give God praise for that. God says, if you draw near to me, you draw near to God. Who draw near to you? Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. But this is a conditional promise. See, God will reveal himself to you like he did Moses. Only if you draw near to God. And God uses the word to draw, to, to get your attention on, because in this life, everything's trying to draw you. And maybe you've been drawn by money, you've been drawn by pleasure, you've been drawn by relationships, power, influence. But when you're drawn by God, it's because He's not done with you yet. And He has a plan for your life. And the first thing, before you even say to yourself, I'm going to get back on fire with my life, I'm going to get on fire for my marriage, I'm going to get on fire with my children, the first thing you need to do is fall before God, draw near Him, and say, here I am, Lord. Look at verse 4. He proved this to you. In verse 4 of Exodus, the Bible says that when God saw, notice, when the Lord saw, when the Lord what? Saw. When the Lord saw that He turned aside, to look, then God called him. And many people say, I, I want a calling from God in my life. I want a calling. I have a calling. But notice the calling came only after Moses turned aside to draw near to God. And I don't know who I'm saying this for, but there are some things you need to start turning aside from. And turning back to the Lord. And when he turned to God, the Lord revealed himself. 
And Moses' life was never the same again. The writer of Hebrews 12.1, number two, says this, Remove what hinders. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Here's the crazy thing about torch racing. That in order for a runner to keep his eyes on the torch, because remember, if the flame ended, his life ended. So as he's running this race, He's looking at the torch. He's looking at the fire. How is the fire? Is the fire good? Is the fire burning? Is the fire strong? Because without this fire, I'm nothing. And it was such a crucial element to winning this race that oftentimes, as an act of desperation, they would strip off naked to make sure that as they're running this race with the torch, that they would not trip on their robes, trip on the, the string of their sandals. They wanted to make sure nothing hindered them from falling and keeping this fire lit. They took extreme measures to keep the fire burning. And a lot of people in the church, if I may preach for a minute, we want a fire of God in our lives. We want the fire of God in our homes, in our children but we take no extreme measures to get it. We want it easy. It's not easy. Sometimes, in order to keep the fire of God in your life, you need to strip. You need to strip some things out of your life that you know are hindering the walk of God. You definitely need to strip some sin that you know is entangling you. But I love that the writer of Hebrews separates the two, what is a hindrance and what is sin. Because sin is sin, but not all things are sin. But some things that aren't sin can hinder your life. Give me an, I'll give you an example. You can say, well, nothing wrong with work. And of course, amen, get to work. Get to work, people. Work. Get up on Mondays. Work. Make the money. Pay the bills. Work. Amen? Work. But what happens when all you do is work and work and work and work? And I just got to work, work. I need more money. So I can do this. I need more work, work, work. And I don't have time for church. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time for Bible study. I don't have time to read my Bible because I got to work. What happens? What wasn't a sin now becomes a hindrance. Nothing wrong with television unless you're watching something sinful, but you guys know better than that. But what if you're so, you're, I'm a pastor, I'm just so tired at the end of the day, there's nothing better than just sitting down, turning on Netflix and binging. And I just go for hours and hours and hours of watching and saying, but pastor, the show is amazing. I get that. I get it. What if you're so consumed with media that you cannot be consumed with God anymore? It's now a hindrance. Relationships can be a hindrance. The writer of Hebrews says, throw off everything that hinders and strip it. Because if something is hindering your time of prayer, if something is hindering your time of going to church, and don't be smart and say, well, I can have church by myself. No, you can't. No, you can't. Read the Bible. It says, do not neglect the gathering of believers. Listen, and I'm thankful that we have believers in this church that are fun to gather with. There are other churches out there that the people are weird. And you don't want to gather with them. 
But I like these people in my church. I like it. You don't like, don't neglect it. But see, this is how the devil works. He just wants to hinder you. But see, these runners in the torch race, they took extreme measures to keep that fire burning. And I wonder if the Holy Spirit is going, boop, poking you, saying, you got to take an extreme choice here. You might have to delete a subscription. You might have to wake up two hours earlier. But see, everyone wants the fire, but not everyone wants the spirit. Number three, and we'll close with this. He says in Hebrews 12, 2, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He has sat down at the right hand of the throne. The writer of Hebrews points to Jesus as a testimony of patience. And I want to tell someone this morning, if you have a desire to burn with fire against the Lord, and you say, Pastor, I have not drawn near to God. I've been stressed. I've been busy. I've been distracted. Pastor, I have not drawn near to God because I have hindrances in my life that I've put before God. I don't pray anymore. I don't go to church anymore. I don't read the Bible like I used to. I don't desire fellowship like I used to. Time alone with God. I can't remember the last time I had time alone with God. And there's sin that's entangling my life right now. You're telling me I can still burn for God? The answer is yes. And the writer of Hebrews points to Jesus. The Bible says as Jesus stood on the cross, hanging there on the cross, the Bible says he despised the shame. What does that mean exactly? Literally, what the Bible is saying, that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was suffering like no man has ever suffered. He was suffering physically, emotionally, and spiritually. As the sin of all of us fell on Jesus and God would withdraw his spirit, even Jesus would say, why have you forsaken me? That is the worst pain anyone could ever go through is God forsaking you. But in Jesus Christ, you may never have to even know what that feels like. And as he stood on that cross, I was reading it just yesterday, many people came up to him and mocked him. And if you are the Son of God, get yourself off this cross. And if you are the Son of God, just curse down from heaven and kill everyone. If you are the Son of God, look, isn't this the King? Isn't this the King of the Jews? And they just harassed him and they talked bad about him and they mocked him. But Jesus said, I despise the shame. That word despise in the Greek literally translates to ignore. And why would the writer of Hebrews put that part into a torch race? Because when you were running this race, you had to ignore what was around you. You had to ignore the person next to you. You had to ignore the crowd laughing at you as you stripped naked there running this race in shame. 
as the crowds will scream, you're never going to make it. You're going to die. It's useless. You'll never stay burning. I guarantee the devil is in that audience looking at you saying, give up now. You're never going to keep burning for God. The world is so much easier. Stop praying for your children. Stop trying to be a better spouse. Stop going to church on Sundays. Just rest, relax, sleep in. You work all week. Just sit back and relax. Just enjoy a little distraction once in a while. You're not going to make it. And they were there. And the writer of Hebrews says, this is what you have to learn to keep your fire burning. Despise the shame. You have to learn to ignore what's around you. We need to ignore the pain we feel when we're serving Jesus. Because in the midst of that pain of doing the right things for the Lord, the devil's going to tell you it's not worth it, but you ignore it. You're going to see all these distractions around you. Ignore it. You're going to look at other people's fire and look what God's doing in their life. And their life is so much easier and better. You need to ignore them. And the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured, he ran it patiently. You see, the reason you can be patient in this torch race that we have made into a rat race is because Jesus is patient. Be patient as you serve. Be patient as you keep your fire burning. Because there's one promise the Bible makes. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And what God says is when He says the word author, He's not just writing a book, He's writing your book. He's writing your story. And some of your stories have some bad chapters in and some of your chapters has sickness. Some of your chapters has sin. Some of your chapters has addiction. Some of the chapters in your life, you're even embarrassed to even read out loud. God says, I am the author. And I am the finisher. And I will finish what I started in your life and everyone says pastor amen I love that Jesus is going to finish what he started but listen listen I know you all want to say Linda go ahead alright listen <laughs> listen he's the author and the finisher of those who finish the race don't be thinking oh God's going to finish what he started no 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 he only finishes what he started if you're still burning with the torch. Don't expect God to finish the plans he had for your life. If you're going to go to the world and be in sin and get away from God, you think God's going to finish what he started when you don't even want to finish what you started with God? Come on, I'm preaching today. So I want to say to my church, this beautiful fall back Sunday morning, how will you end? Burned out, useless, with no effect for the kingdom of God? Or will you say, okay, Lord, I will be patient in running this race 
It's not a rat race, it's a torch race. I'm going to take my time going to church. I'm going to take my time praying. I'm going to take my time learning the Bible. You know what I love about you guys? Some of you don't even know much of the Bible, but you keep showing up to learn the Bible because thats it's a torch race. You don't look at someone else. Wow, they know the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, and they memorize the entire book of Psalms. If all you know is, and Jesus wept, amen. It's more than you knew before you knew Jesus. Keep in step. Keep burning. But I want to pray for those who say, Pastor, I'm going to And I pray for you. Let's all stand for our feet. I ask everyone to stand because I believe everyone needs this word to With every head bowed and every eye closed, as an act of bravery, confession, and faith, would you put that hand in if you're burnt out in the area of the earth? Come on. God bless you. It's all about you. If you're burned out, would you tell the Lord right now? where you're burned out. Be honest with you. Moses was honest with God in the presence of his father. Here I am, Lord. So say that with me. Say, here I am. And tell the Lord where you're burned out. Say, here I am. I'm burned out at home. Financially, I'm burned out. Emotionally, I'm burned out. Spiritually, I'm burned out. And I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for everyone here today. Lord Jesus, here we are, burned out, sick and tired, taking on too much, doing very little, no longer as effective, no longer as in love as we used to be, no longer as passionate. And Father, I believe that there are people here this morning who want to loosen the rope, who want to just call it quits, who want to give up on their home, give up on their families, their marriage, give up on you even, give up on their dreams. There are those that are just sick and tired of the disappointment, the problems, the people, the stress. But Holy Spirit, I pray for a revival in our spirit. I pray for a new fire to consume us all. I pray for a fire that consumes our little church that will not be ignored by the world or the devil. I pray you renew a steadfast spirit within us. Father, forgive us for any hindrances that keep us from a fire Forgive us for the sin in our lives that we are entangled with. And I pray for freedom in Jesus' name. And I pray that we leave this church this morning with a spark that will erupt into a flame. I pray for love to come back to the family. Unity to come back to the church. I pray for friendships to come back together in Jesus' name, for marriages to be healed, for children to be set on fire for the Lord. And I pray, Father, that you will keep us patient, enduring this torturous, ignoring the distractions, stripping off the hindrances, so that we can stand before you in the end and say, 
I still burn. In Jesus' name, you receive this word this morning, church. Come on, give God some praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You guys can have a seat. I want to thank you guys for joining us this Sunday morning service. How many of you enjoyed today's service today? I know you guys are ready. You guys are fired up now to start the rest of your week. So I pray that during the rest of your week, you draw near to God. I pray that Sunday morning not be the only time you draw near to God. It doesn't count. Can I just say that? It doesn't count. Go in the end of your week. Go in the middle of your week. Go in the first start of your week. Wake up early. Go to lunch with the Lord. Go have dinner with the Lord. Find yourself a break. Lock yourself in the bathroom. Draw near to God and light that fire. 